0: Y'all, welcome to Hope This Is Helpful, where this is a bi weekly podcast where we share our perspective as an inter able couple about everything and nothing.
1: Dang, that was good. I don't even know what we're supposed to be saying.
0: (laughs) Um, so for this week, we're going to talk about um role reversals. So we're going to talk mainly about what it was like to be for me to be the breadwinner while Leon stayed home for the first. Seven years of our marriage. Yeah. And now I am the one that stays home and Leon is the one that works. So we're gonna talk from both of our perspectives what that's like. And we're gonna do it mukbang style because we're on a lunch date. So you guys get to join us on our lunch date while we record this episode. Um, so what first things first, honey. Cheers. Yes. To yeah. surviving spring break. Cheers yes. to starting this podcast and making our own dreams come true. Yes, ma'am. Alright. So you wanna go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. So talk about what it was like for for you to be the stay at home husband,
1: stay at home dad. It was trash, honestly. Um can I say for trash? It wasn't trash. I mean I enjoyed Being there for you, and doing what you needed me for you, but I feel like due to my disability, I did not represent the role in the best way it could be. I mean, I've represented the best as I could, but there were a lot of things I didn't do as well as you did. I think in the time that you've been the house manager and been a stay-at-home mom, the whole house done changed. <laughs> Literally the whole house done changed. And it was just like, okay. So it's like, yeah, I, I wasn't doing it well. Um, I mean, it wasn't my initial primary role. It was just, you know, one I had to take. So um, I do think I took fatherhood on pretty well. I think I handled that well. I think I handled, handled you know, raising well and raising her. I think I handled raising her well. Um, better than I, I did do. maybe taking care of the house, per se. Um, but I enjoyed. it. I mean, you know, I did the best I could, but I, I'm i so glad the role is different now. It's <laughs> so too. easier. I, this is so much easier for me to just for, do everything else I do. Uh, it's so much easier. And that's why I'd rather pay for a cleaner, because I don't want to have to think about any of my the chores that I'm supposed to do. I don't want <laughs> to have to do them. I really don't. Like, I'm dead serious. I do <laughs> <laughs> Um...
0: So, I do agree that you do an amazing job as a stay-at-home dad. I feel like I got to learn more about you as L.A. As a quadriplegic while watching you raise her. Um, for me, working full-time. So, I've felt like I've always like wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Wanted to like not work, but you know, what do you do after you finish high school? You go to college, you get a degree, you get a job, right? I don't, I don't like, know. I don't know, okay. That's what I thought I, I was supposed to do. That's what I did, I should say. And then I got my master's degree because I thought it would, because I knew that I didn't love Best Side Care, and so. Um, I was like, well, let me in the midst of waiting for like to meet my husband and to start a family, let me go back to school. So that way, another thing is out of the way type of deal. And then I kind of felt like God was like, haha, jokes on you. You're still going to keep working even though you have a husband now, but I didn't see it as like, dang, because clearly I still married him. I just kind of felt like, I guess honored to want to be that support system for you to be that safe place. Um, to have a medical background, to have things that would benefit you being able to stay home because I totally understood why you were staying home. And there were, I will say there were some perks to being, um, in the hospital, in the medical field. Like, even though I didn't really care for what I did after a while, like I just knew it was something I didn't want to do forever. I still care about taking care of people. Um, I, I had moments of appreciation for it because I got to take care of him. So whenever he was in the hospital, it felt good to know what we, what was happening, know the lingo, you know, have an understanding of maybe the hospital system because he typically went in the system that I worked in, not at the actual hospital I worked for. So that always felt good to know our medical bills were paid Whenever he got a new chair, it felt good to know that it was, like, I was working for him to have the things that he needed. Um, But I am still grateful for the opportunity to not be working anymore. (laughs) Um, And to your comment about, like, me running the house better, I just think that we do it differently. And... You know, if you're interested in joining my book club, I have a book club called the Harris House on Facebook for caregivers to help find their flow and how they take care of other people. And so with that said, I think the reason why it looks different is that I am very much a researcher. I am very much a learner. My master's degree is in public health. I Like, I kind of, I guess, thrive in these things of, learning and finding structure. It also helps my mental health to have a little bit more structure. And so, um, my I find that my stomach, I find systems that work. Um, and I'm still always learning systems that work for me, processes that work that kind of help this be a little bit easier. And so again, even with that being said, I think when I worked the hardest part of it was, Kind of giving him c- control over the house.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: I felt like in the beginning it was like, well, when it was just me and you, it was a lot easier because it wasn't as much to worry about. We we, we didn't have this little person dependent on us. We didn't have a whole other person to think about, yeah. to buy for, to make space for. Um, it was a lot less messy too. You know, like we had more time to like have order and structure, more time for him to be able to cook. So I think like I noticed how different we were once we did become parents. However, I felt like I needed to just accept our differences. And so I didn't want to be like this nagging wife that was like complaining about what didn't get done or, you know, how he did things. Even though there was a lot of times where I was like, I really want to say something, but I'm not going to say nothing. And I'm kind of still glad I didn't because... Now that I'm home more, I totally get how hard it is. Like, I think my upbringing, I'm so used to, you know, not going to bed with your with your kitchen not clean. You know, it's supposed to be like this sparkling thing at the end of the day. And it's like, that's not how our reality is. And I feel like now that I am home a lot more, I get it. And it is something that's a lot easier for me to let go of. But I, it, even in that, I also had to identify the things that, were necessary for me to thrive mentally. Your needs. Right? Yeah, yeah, and that was something I didn't learn until what year last? Year? No, I Seven. felt like that was really like last year, if not the year before. Like once I really started therapy, and once I really started to get help, and realized that I had anxiety, that I had depression, like I had postpartum depression.
1: I really think you mentioned it with Mary. I think it was one of them, like of them like Mary. Oh, but I think it's...
0: even with Mary, I didn't I didn't see it as. You like the bed made because you need it for your mental health. Like, that's what I mean. Oh, for like, mental health. Oh, oh. But like, you
1: did tell me there was a need then, though. That was a need at that point.
0: But I felt like... And th- at that time, it felt nitpicky to be like, can we make the bed? And mm. like, it felt like one of those things that was like, oh, this is one of our differences. I like the bed made. He doesn't. And it's kind of like, how do you meet in the middle? Because we've lear- we learned in counseling to not necessarily compromise, but to meet in the middle so that both people yeah. feel like they have they what something. they, yeah. but that feels like one of those things that you really can't meet in the middle, even the bed is made or it's not made. But then I think once another therapist introduced the concept of it's good for your mental health, I think that made it easier for me to be able to have that conversation with him, for him to be more respect, receptive of it. And even if he doesn't do like the perfect job, it's still just done But and we're also and Now that we're in the house It's easier for him to make the bed Than it was when we lived in our condo Cause he couldn't even get to mm-hmm. my side of the bed Um So I think it's things like that That kinda ended up making a difference In how I guess we maintained our happiness And our peace amongst each other And being different when yeah. I was working Versus now you working
1: Yeah. Anything you want to add? I think now we're getting out. And I think now it's just interesting because now we're trying to flip-flop it and r- figure out a new flow. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I don't even want to say that. Yeah, it's just flip-flopping and changing. Just trying to get into a new flow.
0: And trying to get into a new flow and your hours
1: keep changing.
0: <laughs> Is that what you didn't want to say? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad thing, but it's just
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just changing those roles and then having to figure out how it works amongst like, both of y'all. for both of us, Damn for man. her and then for his hours to be different. Like, the last job he had, he worked more during the day. So what was your hours then? Nine to five. Nine to five. Up, nine to five. So, like, we had to adjust to um, me having to do drop off and picks up pickups by myself, having to kind of keep her quiet when she came home. Um, but even in that, because I am his, also his caregiver on top of being a stay at home mom who kid goes to school. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> you know, stay um, like I had to still remember there's certain things that I'm like. I still have to take care of him. There's still things that he needs. There's things that makes his day easier that I am still technically responsible for. Um, and I kind of started to feel like at that time, it felt like I was being my own person, but I it had to fit around the needs of the house. He had to still come first and the well had to still come first. And then if it fit into my schedule, then what I wanted to do, um, came second to all of that. And that was kind of hard. Um, Cause he would tell me when he's on break and it would be like, Oh, this is fun. Like I want to be on break with you, but it would be like, I just sat down to do something for myself or like, I just sat down and like write this blog or like do something. And I'm like, okay. And then, but mentally having a fine at like mojo to like start over again, (laughs) trying to have lunch ready for him because I actually looked forward to being able to spend my days with him and make him lunch and us have lunch together. And it would be like, I'm trying to make lunch and then, he doesn't even know what time he's coming out for lunch and it's like, bruh. And I'm like, well, I'm hungry. Like, is it rude if I eat? <laughs> like, trying to clean the house and wanting to clean the bathroom, but like trying to be quiet because he works so close to the bathroom that I'm like, well, I can't really be in there. You know, if I'm running the vacuum, got to close the door. Um, but I am grateful for, that, for you have an opportunity to be able to work from home so that your needs are still met because that was one of the reasons why I didn't mind working and you staying home was because I knew how much you needed to be in your own space, in your own environment to be able to have control over, um, the temperature changes, even Mm -hmm.
1: just, um, some days I have a heater in there. Some days I have a fan. Some days I have both. Some days I work naked. Some days I have tea. Like I love it. I love working from home. I wouldn't be able to do this in the an office, yeah. and I'm I'm freaking out because I have to go go in for five days. I'm just I hate to say that. I'm just be high, because that's the only thing that keeps my body regulated. regulated. Yeah. I'm gonna just be just out my mom. Not like that, but yeah, that's the only thing I'm gonna do because yeah, I, um, yeah, at home I have everything set up so if something go wrong, I can just switch up and I don't miss a beat. I don't miss a single beat. And it's, it's perfect. Girl. It's, this is this is this. We this, the pandemic. I mean, it was tragic. It was tragic. But it was tragic, and cool it forward. also <laughs> has its perks for so some I'm people. And I don't
0: think that's anything you should be like afraid to say. I think everybody kind of can see that it 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 is a very tragic thing, but it also had benefits to some people. I think that the world needed to be able, in what in particular what, you, what you're referring to, the world needed to be able to know that not every job needs to be done from an office space. Not every role needs to be on site. And that was the beauty of it, was that this allowed him time to hone in on his craft um, and be able to do it in a space that's conducive for him. Because, yeah, like he said, there's days where he can't regulate his temperature. So especially like right now, Today in yeah, particular, a today's me. a bad day because it's so cold early in the day. And then that makes it harder for him to be able to warm up. And so imagine if you go into a space where like they're blasting the air conditioning all day. And it's like he wouldn't survive that because it ends up causing you to be sweaty, sweaty, basically sick to a
1: certain extent. Yeah, like yeah. my body starts shutting down a little bit. Yeah. In a sense, or try, yeah. it starts trying to regulate itself. But it's almost deregulating itself and trying to regulate itself. For me, because right. of the spinal cord injury, because their nerve damage, the nerves don't know how to react. Everything doesn't function the way it's supposed to. This is gonna be hard. I gotta look at the camera. I'll be forgetting to look at the camera. I just look around. <laughs> ah! I'll look at you. I just look.
0: So I do like him being home because I can still help take care of him. I can keep an eye on him. I can know that he's safe. And that means a lot to me. Um, I think for as much as I do enjoy taking care of people, one of the hardest, one of the harder things about me working was I felt like I was taking care of everybody else, but my family, I felt like I had to Hmm. put my own family aside to take care of other people. And it was kind of like, this is supposed to be a form of income to live the life that I want to live for my family to have the life that I want them to have. And I felt like I had to keep choosing. And I had a lot of guilt about, um, the days that I had to go to work And I know you may not have been a hundred percent, but it was like, I'm leaving him not even feeling well. And then having to worry about her, like it sucks to be sick and to have to still take care of other people. Um, and I used to work 12 hours. So it was Mm -hmm. like, you would have to be on for 12, 14 hours by the time. And then she would have, she didn't want me to leave. So it was like, you would have to start your day off hard and Mm -hmm. end your day hard. Um, And be responsible for this little person who doesn't understand any of this. She doesn't understand mommy having to go to work. She doesn't understand daddy's spinal cord injury and how that may look. And so that was really hard. And then if I did have days where I had to call out to be available for him, to be available for her, even that, like I felt like I couldn't even be a mom that was with my child when she was sick because she had her dad, which is a good thing. But it was like... Like, I want to be with her. I want to make sure she's okay. I want to, like, you know, hold her hand and snuggle with her when she's feeling sick. But I had to remind myself that, like, it didn't make sense for me to call out to use a a sick day or to take a day unpaid when she had her dad who was home all day because I needed to save that time for when you needed me. Or if I wanted something for myself, which is really hard to juggle that little bit of time that they give you um, in a year between the three of us, because I use a lot of time just to take care of him, not to even do fun stuff. And so the days that I did call out because it would be that bad, because in the time frame in two years, you were in the hospital five times and all five of those times were at least five to seven days. And so there were times where I just didn't have a choice or I would feel the guilt of like, well, my mom, my grandma can watch the baby. And he's somewhere by, him, like, he's at the hospital. Like, do I go to work until, like, he comes home? Like, and it's all of those things that were really hard to do. And then I would feel guilty about calling out because my coworkers are, they're people too. They all have their own stuff. But I also know what it's like to work and be short staffed. And what that feels like to spend 12 hours being like, I got to run around this place for 12 hours because there's not enough people here. And it would be really hard to be like, I'm not coming in. And I know I'm about to screw you all over, but I don't know what else to do because my husband is supposed to come first. And then I also didn't like the responses I would get that would make me, that would make that guilt even harder because people just don't know what well, say out their mouths. And they would say things like, oh, we really need you. And I'm like, you don't think I know that? But also like my husband needs me too. And y'all ain't going to come take care of him. Y'all don't really even, y'all don't have to care about him because he's not your husband. So... That was hard, too, was to, like, not feel guilty that I was, like, doing what I needed to do for my family, but I also felt like I was leaving these other people that, and they knew me for so long. This is the only place I ever worked. They've been there as long as I've been there, so they're not really, like, some of them, not all of them are family to me. In case any of y'all watch this, please don't be offended. Not all of them are family to me. Some of people are just people that you work with, and it does feel hard to have to like kind of choose. And there were times where I felt like I wish I would have separated work from home a lot more so that guilt wouldn't have been there. But there were also a lot of amazing people who got to know Leon and cared enough about him to be a resource and to be help. I've had coworkers who Stop stopped by the house, who've had family members who stopped by the house yes. to come in and educate us on things we need to help with to be amongst doctors, nurses, nutritionists, physical therapist like to be able to ask all the questions. people that
1: said I was wrong for choosing Tierra. basically saved my life so not sure how I'm just gonna eat my sushi on that one <laughs> took, it you. took seven years took six seven years but it saved my life all the resources all the resources is just, just her resource because because just listening to her just listening to Tierra, and this is all the way sidetracked. but just listening to her like I didn't have to get I, I got a surgery the surgery I had I'm mean, we're going to tell the story I had to get get a crazy surgery I was sick for about 2 years maybe 3 it was probably we did like three. we doing the math again it was like it's like 3 years yeah. I was really sick I was in and out the hospital back and forth back and forth and then come to find out it was due to um osteomyelitis in my right hip well actually we don't even know if it was due to that but we know that was the last thing that happened and that was causing me to keep being sick um and normally when you have osteomyelitis as a spinal cord injury patient um you have to have what's called a flap surgery Basically, I mean, it's a surgery where they take your muscles they take your uh, part of your hip out and then they take the muscle from one part of your thigh and move it up to the part that's, um, you know, that's dead, basically. And you have to be on bed rest for, what, six to eight weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, you might have to do rehab after that to regain, like, motion mm-hmm. and all like that. It's a, It was a grueling process, and we had put it off. We knew, we knew about it, and we had did everything. We had a nutritionist, Tierra. I found a nutritionist for me. A nutritionist that specializes for spinal cord again for people with sei um i don't know why i can't say my name as spinal cord injury patients like i don't know why i'm stuttering (laughs) but uh sei um and she told me basically because everyone would tell me you need to have a lot of protein get a lot of protein get a lot of protein protein, but nobody would give me numbers i'm a person i need to know i need to know exact numbers When she told me the exact numbers of how much protein I needed and what I was actually getting, it was, I would never heal this wound. Yeah. I was never going to heal the wound because I was not getting the amount of protein that I needed. Um, So there's just different resources out there that people have and just different connections. And it's just good to never, never turn away people. You never know the connections you're going to make. And it's like I said, I just derailed all the way south, but. You never know the connections you're gonna make, and I knew the connection I made years ago. So,
0: oh, well, you love me. That's special. <laughs> 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 um, but with that said, like I definitely feel like that's another episode to talk about. Yeah. That part of our life and people not being okay with him choosing me. Um. But to wrap up this episode. Oh. Um, yeah, so we've both been in both roles and they've had pros and cons. Yeah. Um, they taught us a lot and we're still kind of figuring it out. Like new yeah. things will be changing again soon, which is a good thing. The things will be changing again soon. Um, you know, our daughter is still adjusting and that's a, a whole nother part of it that, you know, we were not nobody prepared for that. we had, Yeah. Nobody thought even, about,
1: you don't even talk about.
0: We don't even talk about it. Like, what it's like to have a four-year-old who just lived a pandemic with us and watched us go through these hard things and, and switch roles. And how does that make her feel? And how does she respond to that? And how do we respond to her in our approach to be very gentle parents who don't know what they're doing? Yeah, <laughs>
1: Stupid. So stupid.
0: But... Cheers for episode one. We this. hope that you guys enjoyed this very first episode. We are so glad that we're finally making this a reality. And we hope you guys come back for week two. Um, what did they say on podcasts? Make sure you subscribe to it and like rate it on Apple. That's what I'm supposed to say.
1: Man, do what y'all are supposed to do. Y'all we know. Y'all tell do. them what to do. They know what to do. Give it five stars. Do. Just, just just scroll up and down the whole thing. Scroll up and down, left, right, up, down, and do everything it says. Press all the buttons. Just press all the buttons. You can't break nothing. I I guarantee
0: it. Where's that line
1: from? Guarantee it. Denzel Denzel Washington? Denzel Denzel L. Movie. L. All the movies. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's Frank him, Lucas, right? Even if he's he Guarantee it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. All also,
0: you can follow us at Harris Hope and Humor on Instagram, TikTok. Or you can follow us on our website if you so choose. And Facebook. Um, And we will see you guys in two weeks. We're a bi-week podcast. So we'll see you guys then. Peace. Bye.